Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. My, um, my grandmother had a fire stove, which is um, a bit of an interesting one. And so this next story um, links to that just a little bit. You see, there was a mother who was teaching her children how to cook a roast, like roast beef. And the first thing that the mother did, she got her kids and said, well, this is how you cook it. First, you take the big piece of meat and you, you cut off this end and you cut off that end and then you, you season it and you do this. And the kids were like, why did you cut off the ends? It's like, oh, well, that's what you do. You, you always cut off the ends and then you season it. But why? Well, 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 number one, it's what you do. It's like tradition, but, but maybe it helps the heat get infused to the meat. It helps it cook. I, I don't know. It's just what you do. Okay. okay. Anyway, the mother was thinking, why do we cut the ends off? And so the mother went to her mother and said, Mom, like, what, when we, we would cook and roast, is, you, know, you always cut the ends off and you taught us to cut the ends off. Why did we do that? She goes, oh, I haven't done that for years. Since we got the bigger oven, the whole thing fits in perfectly, so you don't need to cut the ends off. You see, sometimes we do things out of habit or tradition, because it's what we've always done. And sometimes we, we can actually get passionate, like the mum defending to her kids, it's what you do. We get passionate about the, the habits that we have or the traditions that we have without really knowing the reason why. You see, instantly in that story, the mother had a change of heart because all of a sudden it made sense and teaching took place and there was a shift. Now, I can almost guarantee the next time that she had that piece of roast meat, and she got it out, she would have got the knife and out of habit gone, oh, no, that's right, I don't need to do that anymore because there's a habit still there. And she had to forcefully change the habit based on information and education. So over the next couple of weeks in our series, we're looking at this idea of heart and hands. And today we're looking at heart, what it is to change our hearts so we can set our minds on things above because there's habits that we do that don't honour God. There are things that we do that maybe we've done for a long time that are based on maybe tradition, based on addiction or based on habits that we need to change in order to be faithful to who God has called us to be. If you've got maybe something that you think you need to change to set your mind on things above, maybe a habit that you know needs to shift, then today's message and God's word will speak into that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Today I pray that as we, we look at scripture, as we look at the way of changing our habits, I pray that we would be able to, to hear from you, speak to us, convict us through the Holy Spirit of how we should live and give us the tools to be able to make the change so we can focus our eyes and our minds on the things above so that we may be transformed into the people you've called us to be.
In Jesus' name, amen. When it comes to changing our practices or our habits, ironically, research says if you say, I will never do that again, it makes you more likely to do it again. About 40% of the actions that we perform each and every day are habits. And so Bruce Davies said we, we do around about 50 to 70,000 thoughts. We have about 50 to 70,000 thoughts every single day, which means around 25 to 30,000 thoughts we have each day are habits. Now, I know if some of the wives sitting there are thinking, there's no way my husband has that many thoughts any given day. Now, they do. They're just mostly about fishing, sport, or cars. Uh, <laughs> You see, we read um, Paul articulate this wrestle of, of habits and wanting to change what, what he was trying to do and the, wrestle, the inner wrestle and struggle that he had with his own desires and setting his mind on things above. We read about this in Romans 7. He articulates it beautifully, and I'll try and read it to the best of my ability. Romans 7, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 14 says, We know that the law is spiritual. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. For if I do what I do not want to do, it is not, no longer I who do it, but sin living in, in me that does it. And so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. You see... I want to do this, but I ended up doing that. I don't want to do that, but that's what I end up doing. It's, oh, it's so bad, and I do it, and I don't, and I do it. Oh, it's so confusing. See, he's articulating the heart, which is messy, which is passionate, which is you know, frustration of like, oh, I keep messing up. I, I keep falling into that trap. I've got this habit that I cannot break, that I'm trying to break, which begs the question, how do we stop doing the wrong things? How do we stop doing these habits that maybe aren't set when we are helping us fix our eyes on God, how do we stop these habits that are maybe not the, the things that God wants us to do? John Dryden says, um, first we make our habits, then our habits make us. And the first thing we need to understand is when it comes to habits, firstly we need to be almost aggressive in how we change and create good habits. Because once we make our habits, that will help. I want to share a habit that was broken last year when I hurt my leg. Now, for as long as I can remember, I have loved long, hot showers. I remember as a kid, I used to draw on the fogged-up glass and draw pictures, and, oh, it was the best. Loved it. I love long, hot showers. And then last year, I broke my leg, and I had multiple surgeries. I had casts. I had wounds. And so the idea of a shower was not, yay, long hot shower. A shower meant pain. A shower meant a silly plastic bag 
that I was paranoid was going to leak. And if it leaked, and the, the doctors said, it's leak, you get water in it, and you'll get into the infection, and you'll die. Like it was, you know, the fear of, of that meant that, that showers now mean anxiety. Showers are fearful, painful, scary, work-intensive things. And so that was the, the practice for about two to three months. And I actually found myself over January with the thought at times of going, oh, I'm not going to have a shower. I'm just going to go do that. I, don't, oh, I can't be bothered. Now, this, is, this, is, this is a habit. I used to love hot showers, and now I can't be bothered. Why? Because the habit had been replaced with these, this heart condition of fear, pain, anxiety, stress, and hard work. And so now I'm not wanting to have a shower. Now, what happens if I don't shower? Yeah, I noticed everyone's sitting further back in the pews. I don't know if that's like just a Church of Christ thing or if you know, it's like we're all Baptists, like what's going on? <laughs> or if it's just my stink. Now, yeah, like, like I, you've got to shower. You've got to. Like, yeah, you've got to be clean. You, yeah, you smell. Like, you, you just got to look after yourself. You've got to be nice to be around. Like, it's, it's just normal. You don't have to have a long hot shower where you draw pictures, but you've got to be clean. And so I've had to re-gauge with, first you make your habit, <laughs> have a shower boy, come on, get in the shower, what are you doing? Um, then your habits make us. And I've had to relearn something, and that's something simple, and I don't want to make light of some of the other habits and addictions that people have, but, but we've got to reframe the way we think so that we have habits that honour God in what we do. You see, firstly, there's a cue, and then there's a routine, then there's a reward. So the cue would be, I stink. The routine is have a shower. The reward is I don't stink. Ta-da! The cue might be I'm stressed. The routine might be I have a smoke. And the reward is I don't feel stressed anymore. The cue is I saw a picture of a pretty girl. The routine is I indulge in pornography. And the reward is I feel better. Not all habits are good. Some habits need to be addressed. Some habits actually go against the way God created us to be. So how do we look at these in a way that helps us see the issue and then change it to honour God? Firstly, there needs to be an awareness. This, this comes from uh, some counselling research and web pages and psychological stuff on how to change habits and addictions. And the firstly, it needs to be an awareness. So for my awareness was... I'm not showering and I'm not wanting to shower. And I think I went two days or something, maybe three days without a shower at one point, and that was the trigger to go, hang on, there's something going on here. What's, going, what's happening? And this, firstly, it needs to be an awareness. And the awareness might be, hey, I realise that smoking leads to cancer. Oh, there's an awareness that this is not good, this needs to change. Some people don't have the awareness and, and just don't realise it needs to be a change. Maybe it is, well, I see something and I get angry. I, I, somebody says something to me and I'm defensive. Ooh, there's an awareness. Why are you defensive? What's going on? Somebody does something and I react in a way that then I've got to undo the damage of that reaction. What does that awareness look like? The, the next thing is, is to be aware of it, then find the trigger. I, I talked about smoking, stress. I get stressed and anxious, therefore I smoke. Because there's a trigger in that. 
There's a trigger for, for those that are wrestling with addictions in pornography if they've seen something, and it's triggered a thought mechanism. For, for some, it's, it's a, a normal thing. I wake up, I want coffee. My trigger is I'm a, I wake up. Maybe it's an awareness. I don't know if that's a good or a bad one. I'm probably not going to combat that. I like my coffee. Um, but I, first thing in the morning, I wake up. Until I have my coffee, I'm not much good. But there's a, there's a trigger to this. One of the things that we need to then do is, is in the idea of when we're triggered, then there's a reaction, is to, to look at how do we replace the reaction. So for, say, somebody who's wrestling with, um, say, smoking, they're stressed. They're aware of it. There's a trigger. I'm stressed. I just got some bad news. I got a bill in the mail. I read some post on social media. I'm stressed. You replace the reaction. Usually I'd reach for the cigarette. I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replace the, the thing that I was doing with something else. Instead of doing that, if, if, I'm, if I'm in a relationship, if I'm, I'm married and I'm wrestling with pornography, instead of doing uh, what I usually do, I'm going to call my wife or my husband. I'm going to have a chat to them and talk to them and maybe tell them how much I love them. I'm going to replace the reaction with something else in a hope to break the power of the, the habit, the routine, or the addiction. Now, this one, I was going to go for nice rhyming words, but it's really tricky, and I didn't want to do that for the sake of actually getting the content in this message. And the next one is manipulate your context. Manipulating your context means taking control of your environment where you have control. So, for example, if you're trying to break the habit of smoking, if you throw away your smokes, it's really hard to smoke because you've manipulated your context. You've controlled your environment. If you bust up all your smokes and throw them in the bin and take the bin out or chuck them in the fire or whatever, you don't have the cigarettes anymore, so you can't smoke. Now, doesn't mean that you're not going to get stressed, which is your trigger. doesn't mean you might go for a walk and you're still stressed, but you can't smoke because you don't have them. You may end up walking down to the street or going to get more, but that's a decision, not a habit. You've broken the power of the habit and, and that, that reaction. Now it's a thought-through thing. For, for those that are maybe wrestling with an addiction of pornography or something, it's, it's maybe having a safe blocker on your phone or your, your internet devices so that you can't access certain web pages or you can't access certain things. And it just creates a barrier between your usual reaction in that space. For me, this is way personal. When it comes to showering, I started drinking my coffee in the shower. Weird, I know, and went oversharing totally, but I'm not much good in the morning without a coffee. And so I manipulated my context to go, I'm away, I need a coffee. Oh, and we've got a ledge in the shower, so it's, it's like, yeah, this never runs out. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it sits on the ledge. <laughs> it's pretty weak by the end of it, but man, <laughs> just this never-ending magical cup of coffee. No, it sits on the ledge, and, and I, it's there. I get my coffee. I sit it in the shower, and then it's like, yeah. 
And once I'm in the shower, it's awesome. I love, love my showers again. But now I've got shower and coffee. It's the best. But I've manipulated my context to try and create a new habit, to create a new routine. How can you take control of your world, your environment, to, to, to do a godly practice instead of an ungodly practice? When it comes to, to maybe speaking out or lashing out or typing something on the internet, can you manipulate your context to go, well, well I'm only going to look at social media at a certain time, so I'm not going to lash back out at someone. Or, or I'm only going to have conversations in public spaces with this person so I don't end up yelling at them. Like, what, what sort of, how can you manipulate your, your context to try and break the reaction, break the habits that may not honour God. And the last point that comes from the um, sort of the world of counselling and psychology before we dive into God's word and see what it has to say about this is, is don't give up. See, I think the awareness and don't give up go hand in hand. When it comes to smoking, you go, hey, this is going to kill you. It's an addiction, yep, and we're not making, I don't want to make light of any of these because many of these aren't just a habit, they're an addiction which means there's layers of complication in this. But the idea of this is going to kill you means please don't give up because we love you so much. We want you around. Don't give up. And the way that you don't give up is by having accountability. Do it with others. We're meant to be in community. We're meant to, to, to be with one another in life. Please do not give up. When it comes to, to the awareness of giving into pornography, going, well, this is a devaluation of, of God's creation, of God's people. It's not the way we were designed to be. Please don't give up. Because you need to see people the way that God sees them, and you're not when you're doing this. Please don't give up. Because you're made for more of this. Your identity is more than this. Don't give up. Find someone to be accountable to. Colossians chapter 3 says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whichever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. I used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have been taken off your old self with this practice and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. 
as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. You see, when it, when it comes to the scriptures and it comes to some of the things that may be sitting underneath our habits, some of the things, that, the emotions, some of the triggers, the, the idolatry, wanting something that somebody else has, the, the, the rage that, that comes from anger for something else, the, the, the malice, the slander, trying to put someone else down to elevate yourself. When we, we look at this and we look at that list that we got from the world that talks about counselling, we see this idea of replacing different things in Scripture from the way we were to the way we're meant to be. So we look at anger, rage, malice, slandy, filthy language, lying, and, and to replace that with things such as compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. I wonder when you, you look at these two lists, is there something that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of? When you read that list, you go, oh, yep, sometimes I do that. Or maybe it's the other list of compassion, kindness, humility, and you go, I don't do that much. I don't do that enough. I'm just going to stop for a moment. We're going to pray for that, that God would share with you if there's one of these things from Scripture that God wants to speak to you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, just in this moment we're going to pause from what is on the page and the content that you've quickened to me for this, this week. And I just want to ask that your spirit would speak to your church into the area that we need as individuals that you want to make aware to us. Lord, maybe it's a part of the list of our, our old sinful nature that we're wrestling to let go of. Or maybe it's a part of our new nature that we haven't embraced enough. Convict us of that. Through your spirit we pray. Amen. You see, in that, there's an awareness now. And maybe homework for this week is to go and pray about that. What is it? Maybe God didn't speak to you in this moment. But go away this week. Have a look at the passage. Read through it. Colossians chapter 3 and see what he has to say. I want to finish the message today with this. What habits do you have that don't honour God? What habits do you have that don't honour God? How can you replace it? How can you manipulate your context to ensure that you replace it? How can you take control over your environment Remember that first you make the habit, then the habit makes the person. You know, imagine what it was like if you created a habit to, to spend time daily in God's Word. Imagine what that would look like if God's Word made you who you are. Because first you make the habit, I'm going to read, I'm going to spend time, I'm going to meditate. And then the, the habit makes the person. How can you manipulate your context? What's your action point? And how... Can others help? Next week we look at how we put 
the change of thought and heart into action in what we do. But I don't want to make light of today's message. I don't want to skim over it. This may be your challenge for the year to change the heart, to change the habit, to change a practice, to set your mind on things above. What habits do you have that don't honour God? How can you replace it? How can you manipulate your context and how can you help others? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask right now that you would help us to firstly have an awareness of the things that we need to be transformed in in order to be the disciples you've called us to be. Knowing that each and every one of us falls short of your glory, each and every one of us is on a journey, and each of any, every one of us can do better. God, I pray that in that awareness of that area that you want to reveal yourself to us, that, that in not all circumstances is it so critical that, that we feel bad. Sometimes, Lord, in an area of maybe generosity, an area of thanksgiving, an area of encouraging others, that we can actually have a joy in that. Lord, but I pray for those that have a serious area in their life that is leading away from you, that there would be radical transformation in the way that their awareness, their triggers, and the way that they replace it, and the way that they can take control of their world. Lord, I pray that, that you would be with them, but all us also your church would be with them as they seek transformation, as they seek to take that action step, as they seek to break that habit, as they seek to break that addiction. Lord, I pray that in that, we would go together as the body of Christ, supporting our brothers and sisters, seeking to change their life to align with you more. God, I pray this week that as we seek your heart and your desire, that you would be clear in how we are to live and that in that there would be a joy and a peace and a knowledge that we are being who you've created us to be. Help us to set our eyes and minds on things above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.